Welcome. This is Chaotic Academia with me, your best friend, your worst enemy, your secret crush, although it was Valentine's Day and not a single person professed their undying love to me. So it's probably a secret crush. Um, Because definitely not not secret. That's for sure. Anyway, it's me, your favorite podcast host, your best friend, the host of this podcast, Alina. What's hanging? What's popping? Um, it's been a month. Hey, <laughs> I've had a busy month. So, oh, I don't like the fact that you just heard me swallow, but I really wanted my tea because it's getting cold. I did record a little bit and then I spilled tea all over myself and it, the whole the whole segment just was like a mess. So I had to like redo it. So, hey, so this is an academic podcast. This is a place where we are wannabe scholars, where we talk about academic things like learning and the reading and we learn cool things and we Google things all the time and we ask lots of questions and we read books and... That's what I'm doing. This is an episode about books. Um, I'm not, I don't want to do like too many episodes about books, but however, I do want to reintroduce the idea of Alina's book club, um, except for a little bit different this time. So remember in the fall, if you are a longer listener, if you're more in the fall, I had tried to do this one where I was like, hey, let's all read this book. Like, here's the name of a title. A month from now, I'm going to release an episode about it. So let's all go get the book and let's read it and then tell me your thoughts and I can include it in the episode. And like, don't get me wrong. I love the idea of that. However, I just didn't read the book in a timely manner. So um, fun, fun, fun. I still want to, I still love reading and I still want to talk about books. I also kind of like reading is such a huge component of my scholarly activities that I can't imagine not discussing books in my scholastic podcast like I have this academic based podcast that I use to keep me scholarly to keep up my scholasticism scholasticism is actually a philosophy um like a medieval academic philosophy but whatever um (laughs) but anyway like I, I just can't imagine not talking about books. So we're talking about books. I've been reading. I've only read like six or seven books so far this year. And it's like a week until March. But I should have read more books. Just saying. And the book we're talking about today actually read in December. So we're I'm like really behind. But I have like, like I've like been reading about Jane Austen. So I want to talk about it because I'm kind of interested. And I loved, I also watched the movie. So I want to talk about that as well. Um... My thing is, like, when I watch a movie, I feel like my brain just forgets whatever happened in the book. <laughs> my brain is, like, on the movie and, like, what happened in the movie. So uh, I've been reading a lot, and I think you should all read two for funsies. I've been trying to read a combination of books that are for fun. Um, I've been trying to read a book combination of, like, fun books, non like, nonfiction books. Not that I also don't enjoy. <laughs> um... What I'm not that I don't enjoy um my nonfiction books. Those are still fun books. I got really distracted because I was looking at something. You know, right? You guys know how I am. Anyway. I'm trying to so I've been trying to do like three categories of books. I've been having nonfiction books. I've been my my fantasy books and then everything else. I don't know why the American Cancer Society is thanking me. I did nothing for them. So sorry. Anyway, I've been reading a lot. So I've read, I've been reading a lot of fantasy. Uh, I have one more book left to throw in a glass and I've been putting it off for genuinely a month because I have things I have to do. My And I'm reading it with a friend. We've been reading this series together kind of and we're like waiting till she passes. Like she's this huge exam. Um, Like her boards to pass. She's to pass her boards. And so... Uh, we're doing it after that after she passes her boards and whatnot and then we'll finish it um which has been fun in the meantime you know i like to read a little mr murder mystery to keep it like light and fresh i don't do true crime i will not do true crime um if you guys have suggestions for books i would absolutely love 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 them um please send me your please like please send me your recommendations for books and maybe i will talk about them on the podcast um because i don't know it's really interesting to me and really fun and i want to talk about books a lot more and nope that's not why did i buy that book i own that book 
Huh. Okay. So also it's Black History Month. Um, so read read books by books by black authors. Um, I have the biography of Malcolm X, fascinating. I have Between the World and Me by Ta Nahisi Coates. I really don't Nahisi Coates. I don't want to mispronounce it. I also can't pronounce shit anyway. Um I'm so sorry. I, I really genuinely am so sorry. I can do Hispanic authors because I have been doing a lot of Spanish tutoring lately. I am a Spanish teacher and I've been doing like extra sessions lately. So maybe one day. Voy a tener mi podcast en español. Maybe I'll have my podcast in Spanish. That'd be fun. Or I can have another Spanish podcast. So yeah, read that. Um... Like, I have tons of books. Just, like, go out, read books by black authors, please. Um, I also just ordered some new books. I'm super excited. Um, I just ordered Queer Theory, Gender Theory, and Instant Primer by Ricky Wilkins. And then I've also just bought Trans Love, an Anthology of Transgender and Non-Binary Voices by Freya Benson. And so, super excited for those to get here. I'm trying to educate myself. I am a very straight and very cisgender person but not everyone in my life is and I need to understand what they're coming from I need to I need to know I need to do my best to learn so that way I can be a better ally and a better friend and they also don't have to be the person who educates me like they're not obligated to be my teacher in this like I am an adult woman I can go do the research my fucking self you know um read the theory read the books get get the perspectives get hear these voices like hearing their voices that doesn't have to be my friend like they are just trying to like people are just trying to exist they you know that kind of thing so i'm excited for those um if you want to buy books check out my link tree because i have links to thrift books a good place i get a lot of my books there i get a lot of used books there they're cheaper i love the book rewards program i've gotten a couple free books from them which has been pretty fun. I think I just got The Handmaid's Tale for free, and that's on my list of books to read. Um, Bookshop.org.com is fun. Um, I just told my friend to watch The Notebook, my male friend to watch The Notebook, and he said... Is it really that good? I also texted him this probably Sunday morning and it is now Wednesday afternoon. But hey, he responded within six months, so I'm pleased. And there's Better World Books, which is also a used book store online. Um, as always, support your indie bookstores, go support local bookstores. Um, bookshop.org.com. Bookshop. Bookshop.org does do that they will support independent bookstores they've raised like 20 million dollars or 9.3 million dollars for independent bookstores you get to choose which bookstores you're supporting um which is really fun i love that i've chosen my bookstore and i love that i love that a lot i've raised some money i got some money for some bookstores so yeah Go buy them. I did get my Pride and Prejudice copy from Barnes & Noble. And it's the pretty blue, blue cover. So Pride and Prejudice. I love this book. Um, I also watched the movie. So we're going to talk a little bit about Pride and Prejudice. Um, but we're going to talk more about books. Like, I'm not going to do every episode. It's not going to be a book episode. I'm doing a lot of research right now on oil pipelines. Because um, I'm an environmentalist. And there's a lot of just like propaganda out there about this kind of stuff. And so I have a bunch of articles from both sides and I've been reading through them because I keep getting YouTube ads and it's like one is like stop line five and the other one is like we need line five. And I'm like, oh my God. And like, I obviously know where I stand on this, but I'm, I'm going to go read about it and then tell you guys all about it. So yeah. Okay. Pride and Prejudice written by Jane Austen, who was born in December 16th, 1775, and she passed away July 18th, 1817. So this was like, if you are in the United States, like I am, think like, oh yes, this is founding father's era. This was revolutionary war. 
you know, we declared independence uh, July 4th, 1776. Um, yada, yada. Like, this is, like, we're getting our foots. Like, this is Ardell's Confederation. This is the Constitution. This is George Washington. This is, like, the birth of America time is when she was born. Except for Jane Austen was not in America. Jane Austen was actually across the pond on the opposing side. Well, not like she was feeling like fighting on the opposing side. She was like chilling with her family in England. Um, so yeah. So she has written huge novels. I just fuck my rubber band. Aw. Got it. <laughs> As you know, I have to fidget with something and I was fidgeting with a rubber band. Okay. So Jane Austen's like novels huge. I mean just just like super important for literature and awesome um she like her work like often like talks a lot about women in in their like seek for marriage and how like marriage is like how you move up and have favorable social standing and how important it is like i don't know it's it's really interesting her works you know have a like critique like novels of sensibility um according to wikipedia anyway but like really it's like they have a critique of the second half of the seven like of the 1700s which is the 18th century um it's really cool to see how like her writing's really good like really really well and if you're someone who's like oh, i just have a hard time like reading old-timey language i don't really like like it's hard it's not that it's really not that bad um like i said for, i'm studying for the jerry and so a lot of my jerry vocab words are in this because they pull a lot of their vocab words from literature. Um, I just, I liked it. I thought, like, I didn't think I would, like, read it as quickly as I did. And I read it pretty quickly, which was fun. Um, she gained a lot more. So, it started, like, she gained a lot more status, like, after her death. Um, so, like, so, like, she originally published her novels like anonymously so it's really really fun but yeah so cool so uh, there are some like biographical notes and like she has had she had a biographer um but her older sister um her sister actually destroyed a lot of letters um to prevent them falling into the hands of relatives and ensuring that younger nieces did not read any of her sometimes acid or forthright comments on neighbors or family members. So she, like, tried to, like, protect the family's reputation from James, like, just, like, bluntness and just, like, forthrightedness. Um, it's kind of interesting. So, yeah. Which is really cool. Her first biography was Henry Thomas Austin's biographical notice, um, which is cool, and actually included parts of letters, which was against the judgment of the family members. So it's kind of cool. So there are like bits and pieces that are missing from Jane Austen's life. Um, so we don't know everything, and that's because people were removing it to protect reputation. Um, it this is not uncommon. Like this has happened um, where badass women post-death like uh posthumously their reputation like people around them and their family members chose to omit destroy or change the narrative of their lives so that way they could kind of keep this like reputation up um you know so her family really wanted to have a was in favor of presenting the the good and quiet jane a woman who's like domestic situation was happy and family was important and stuff like that that's not always the case so Jane was born in Stevenson, Steventon, 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 Hampshire. Yeah, it's not Hampshire, it's Hampshire. Um, in 1775. And she was born to her father and her mother, as parents are. Um, she her father was a rector of the Anglican parishes at Steventon and nearby Deanne or Dean. My computer just made a loud noise in my ear. And her father had come from, like, an old, respected, wealthy family. Uh, they were mer merchants. But every generation, the eldest sons received their inheritances. As you know, stuff was, wealth was divided. And so then George's branch, they, like, fell into poverty. Um, and him and his two sisters were orphaned as children, taken in by relatives. And then um, 
so her father had entered St. John's College at Oxford on a fellowship, and that's where he met Cassandra Lee, and she came from the, uh, the prominent Lee family. And so Cassandra, her father was a rector at All Souls College in Oxford. And so she grew up amongst gentry, um, all that kind of stuff. So the her parents, Jane Austen's parents, were engaged probably around 1763 where they engaged miniatures. And so, yeah, they... Um, had a simple ceremony two months after Cassandra's father's died. Their income was modest. And yeah, Cassandra had brought to the marriage the expectation of a small inheritance at the time of her mother's death. And so, yeah, that they took up residence at a nearby rectory until Stevenson, a 16th century house in disrepair and underwent necessary renovations. And Cassandra gave birth to three children while living there, James, George, and Edward. And then, yeah, those were her kind of like older family members and stuff like that. That was all in Dean. And then um, they had moved to Steventon and then Henry was born. And um, then Cassandra was born, followed by Francis and then Jane. So it looks like Jane was the youngest, um, but she had a big family. One of her older brothers was developmentally disabled, and so her mother had actually sent him out to be fostered. So that was kind of like a big part of it. Um, Austin's home was, quote, open, amused, easily intellectual. So there was a lot of ideas. Um, the things were discussed. Austin's might have disagreed on things politically or socially, and they were like talked about. Um, it was it was really interesting to like kind of like read about her and all this kind of stuff. Um, but Jane's I wanna like actually get to the book part of it. But you know, if you've read the classics but didn't really know much about Jane Austen, that's really cool. A lot of this is coming from her Wikipedia page. I did not read her biography, I read her novel, so <laughs> you know. Um, so Jane and her older sister Cassandra were sent to Oxford to be educated. Um with Miss Anne Colley and then so they were both sent home in the autumn because they caught typhus and Jane almost died. Then she was educated at home. So she was homeschooled until she attended boarding school. She was there for less than two years uh, because the school fees were just way too high for the, her family. There, um, the school, the Reading Abbey Girls School, which was ruled by Mrs. La Tournel, um, probably talked about like their curriculum was like needlework, dancing, music. French spelling stuff like that um but the sisters they had returned home when they returned home Austin quote never again lived anywhere beyond the bounds of her immediate family environment end quote and then after that her education was from home uh, mostly came from reading guided by her father and then her two brothers two of her brothers James and Henry um so it was kind of cool she used some of the, the same of the school books as the boys for the most part, like according to Irene Collins. Um, she had access to her father's library and the that of a family friend. And so she had like a lot of access to books and reading, which is awesome. Um, her father also like was tolerant and like let her go with her sometimes risque experience in writing um, and provided paper and other materials for those kinds of things, which is really cool. Like to see how her writing and her reading and her literature and literary interests were fostered and then her actual like in her family like they would like put on little plays in their rectory barn and uh, um her older brother actually wrote some of the prologues and epilogues and she probably joined in in the activities so it was kind of cool i love this and then most of the plays that they did were comedies and some suggested that's how her satirical gifts were cultivated according to wikipedia so, which is fun. Um, in her youth, from the age of 11, she wrote poems um, for her own and family's amusement. Um, she, she was just like writing as in her youth, in her adolescence, which is fun. Um, Austin compiled fair copies of 29 early works into three bound notebooks now referred to as juvenilia. She called them, she did three, three notebooks volume the first volume the second and volume the third and it's cool to see how much of them like are still there 
one of the scholars calls them boisterous and anarchic. Anarchic, which is um, so fun. I love a good anarchy moment. Um, she would like mock some books. She was like, she was just like a sassy little teenage writer, and I love that for her. Um, she was like writing and like being witty and being her. When she was eighteen, she became an aunt. Um, and so, which is fun. She just was like living life, being witty, and you know, changing changing the game. Um, she like had some critiques on society at the time. Um, she had written. She had sent her newborn niece pieces of juvenilia and purporting to be her opinions and admonitions on the conduct of young women. And she also wrote more things. Um. This kind of stuff. I, I just it's cool to see that. But then when she was eighteen to twenty years old, she wrote a short novel. It says epistolary novel. So for those who don't know what that is, this is a like it's a novel written as like a series of documents, usually like letters, but sometimes diary entries. Um, think diary of a wimpy kid. That's an epistolary novel. So um and that was usually described as her most ambitious and sophisticated work. Um, and so that was what she wrote 1820, but after that, so, you know, after that, oh, so sorry, um, you know, that's when she, that's when she wrote Eleanor Marianne, which would have become, which would become Sense and Sensibility. When John was, when Jane was 20, she met Tom Lefroy, who was a neighbor, um, visited and he had just finished a university degree, was moving to London for training as a barrister. They, a barrister have a lawyer in common law jurisdictions. So, fun fact. I did not know that until I was like looked it up when I was reading about this. Uh, the two of them would have been introduced at a ball or some sort of like social, ga- like just like gathering. Um, they spent a lot of time together, the two of them. And, which I think is interesting. Um, Jane had written that he was very gentlemanlike, good-looking, and a pleasant young man. Um, and that she was expecting an offer, wink, wink, from her friend, wink, wink. And that she would refuse him, however, unless he promises to give away his white coat. Um, yeah. It was... My sister just texted me that she's bringing me home apple juice from school. Sick. I love the school apple juice. All right, I want to answer. I got the new iPhone update. It's confusing me. Anyway, um, she also went on to write to say, I will confide myself in the future of t- Mr. Tom Lefroy, for whom I don't give a sixpence, end quote, and refuse all others. And the next day she wrote, the day will come on which I flirt my last with Tom Lefroy. And when you receive this, it will all be, it will be all over. My tears flow as I write at this melancholy idea. And so, so Austin often, like, she was, like, very satirical about romantic fiction in her letters. Um, So she might have been ironic in some of these letter statements about him. She was attracted to this dude. Um, None of her other suitors never really measured up to him. Um, but the Lefroy family intervened and sent him away. And marriage was impractical, as both of them must have known. Neither had any money. And he was dependent on a great uncle in Ireland to finance his education and establish his legal career. If he ever, like, um, it says if he was later visited Hampshire, he was carefully kept away from the Austins, and Jane Austen never saw him again. Which is, like, so sad, but it's fine. So that was like when she was 20, fun and flirty, fun, funky, fresh. Um, later, so then we kind of get into like, this is like all leading up to her novels. After Lady Susan, she did Eleanor and Mary Anne, which was would have become Sense and Sensibility. It was a published anonymously in 1811 as Sense and Sensibility. Um, then she began her second novel. It was called First Impressions, and it was later published as Pride and Prejudice. And that she had completed the initial draft when she was 21. 
And with all of her novels and the thing that she wrote, she would read it out loud to her family and it became an established favorite. At the time, her dad had actually made the first impression to publish one of her novels. And so he had written to a publisher in London to ask if he would consider publishing first impressions, a.k.a. Bread and Bridges. And it was actually returned. Um, Cadell returned Mr. Austin's letter. Marketing declined by return of post. And so really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think it's really cool. Also, this was this is kind of interesting. Um, it was kind of like in a weird, it was like put in the paragraph about early manuscripts um, on Wikipedia, which makes not a ton of sense but also i think it's interesting so she met her cousin and her future sister-in-law eliza de fuid for it's french she's french and i don't know french i know spanish who is a french aristocrat whose first husband with um the comte de fuid had been guillotined <laughs> causing her to flee britain where she married henry austin so i think this is interesting um i just really find guillotines interesting <laughs> Okay, so, um, 1800, December, Jane's dad was like, hey, guess what? I'm peacing from ministry, and we're going to move. And so they moved. And it was good for everyone, but Jane was kind of shocked because um, that was the only place she, they were living in, the only place she'd ever known. Um, and so it was really hard for her. She didn't really write a ton. Um, she was just, she was just depressed because she moved um and she was like trying to fix things and then um she was unhappy she lost interest in writing but her social life also prevented her from writing like she was um just like socially moving around being fun and flirty um yeah so in 1802, she received her only known proposal of marriage. And by Harris Big Wither, Wither, he had recently finished his education in Oxford and was also at home. He proposed, Austin accepted. Um, and according to a family member, Jane's niece, he was not attractive. He was a large, plain-looking man who spoke little, stuttered when he did speak, was aggressive in conversation, and almost completely tactless. But Austin had known him since they were both young and the marriage offered many practical advantages. So all important stuff, all important stuff. You know, like back then marriage was important. So, but the thing was, is that by the next morning, Jane had realized um, that it had been, been a big mistake and withdrew her acceptance. And so... you know there she was i don't think she ever got married um no i don't think she ever got married so if we're looking to where on earth is i'm looking at her family tree <laughs> jane Yep, she had siblings. So, but she she gave us some banging novels. Um, and we're gonna take a break in a minute or so. I'm gonna talk about her death real quick. So she was sick. That's important. So, um, in 1816, she was sick. So she was just like a writer, writing things, being a writer, doing whatnot. You know, doesn't make a ton of money, but she was writing, doing the writer thing. I'm just writing, writing. Um, there's like more to her biography, but this is literally not, I've already gone so far in her biography, but basically, um, she was feeling pretty unwell by early 1816, ignored the warning signs. Um, but she, like she was declining and so she had a, she had a deterioration. Um, she kept writing, um, a little bit. She continued to work in spite of her illness. She didn't like the ending of the Elliots. She rewrote the two final chapters, which she finished on August of 1816. She began a, another novel and completed 12 chapters of it um, before stopping due to illness, most likely due to illness. And then, so that was in mid-March when she stopped, uh, mid-March 1817, and then um, put down her pen in March 18th, 1817. Um... She made light of her condition, describing it as bile and rheumatism, and 
she just had a hard time walking, lacked energy. She was confined to bed by mid-April. By the time that she was brought for treatment, she was like, I'm ready to die. I, She was in agonizing pain and welcomed death. And then she died at the age of 41. And the 18th of July, 1817. So, 1817. What, what also happened in 1817? You know, it's a little Google. 1817 is common year. Starting on Wednesday. It started on a... Oh, interesting. Um, history events in 1817. So, she died... When Jose de San Martin led a revolutionary army over the Andes to attack Spanish royalists in Chile. Well, not that same day, but like, you know, that year. Since she died in, Ju- since she died in July. What else happened in July? Um, okay, so Chief Engineer James Gaddis Gaddis begins construction on the Erie Canal in Rome, New York one of the first great engineering works in North America. So yeah, just, you know, some stuff going on. So yeah, that was that. Um, She was a much much more like her notability came posthumously. And that was really, that was honestly common um, to to be a woman writer, um, to publish novels as a woman, and then to make money off. Like that just wasn't really a thing. Like it's not like people didn't do it, but like think, think to the eight. It's like, the fucking early 1800s like women didn't really like do that and especially like with the has witty satirical as it is like it, there are things like she just if she had started off you know you know that's just not the thing you know so i think it's interesting um i know that was really long and we're actually gonna take a short little break like right right now like right now and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna finish this bitch so if you haven't read it like truly do read it like it is so good um you can also watch the movie but i'm more of a book person per usual um it is about this like intelligent quick-witted um she's the second daughter in the bennett family and she's the most intelligent and quick-witted her name's elizabeth elizabeth bennett she's like one of the most well-known female characters in english lit um i really did like her i liked that she was not really taking shit from anyone that she's clever um there's just like uh so she is like all sisters there's like no brothers and it's really cool to see um like just like a group of sisters granted she's got some wild ass younger sisters who kind of get the family into some trouble later on um but her sharp tongue does and she has a tendency to like make hasty judgments which sometimes leads her astray um but the story is about like finding her true love mr darcy um and overcoming all these personal failings to find this romantic happiness but um she like did not get along with her mother hopeless mother distant father um these two younger siblings were just like super shallow and dare i say ditzy they were fucking ditzy though um like i don't know her younger sisters pissed me the fuck off her older sister was really nice but obviously like lizzie bennett's the star of the show um so um and there's some like snobbish antagonizing females um that kind of stuff so she actually what i thought was really interesting so it was kind of like um there's some characters but if we're gonna have like a full book summary a nice little summary of the of the book um you know there's this new so it sets up i have this pretty pretty barnes and noble cover but so the iconic cl- quote from the whole book which you can actually find on a <laughs> on a cards against humanity card um it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife and that's kind of how it starts off um you know there's this man charles bingley and he has rented this manor um in the nearby village and you know the bennett's they have five unmarried daughters and so they're like we need we need to get them married like mrs bennett is like i'm getting my girls married like that's you know so it's kind of like na- it's a lot it's very interesting to like watch the navigation of society and social life in that time it's very different from now like if you don't read a ton of this stuff like this might not 
not all this might be familiar to you. Um, but also like watch Bridgerton and you'll kind of get a sense of it as well. I've been into like history lately and stuff, but a lot of times marriages were arranged. There was a whole process involved in them. Like it wasn't necessarily like we're falling in love and yada yada. Like there's like a genuine process. Also, my computer is literally about to die. But my charger to my new computer doesn't like reach my desk. <laughs> so I have to like stand up, which is fine because I like standing. So I have to like stand up, walk to my bed, put the laptop on the bed and hold my microphone. So that's what we're going to do. I also have to go to work soon. And I did not do all the things today that I said I was supposed to do. Instead, I took a nap for two hours on the floor. La pizza. And we're charging. What's up? Anyway, um, the Bennett's attend a ball at which Mr. Bingley is present. He's like the big, young, rich man. He's like the eligible bachelor. Everyone's like, oh, Mr. Bingley, we all want to be with him. Mr. Bingley actually takes, is like taken with Jane, not Jane, that's the author, is taken, well, actually it is with taken with Jane. Jane is the oldest sister, Elizabeth's older sister. So she's taken with Jane, which is Elizabeth's sister, or older sister, and, um, but his his bestie, Mr. Darcy, is not pleased with the evening. And he is like, No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dance with Elizabeth. Like every like truly everyone in town is like, Mr. Darcy's an arrogant asshole. He's so fucking obnoxious. We're not dealing with like we don't like him. Um and the whole family too, like the family's like, You're an ass. Like you're you're an ass. Um But Mr. Darcy finds himself increasingly attracted to Elizabeth Bennett's charm and intelligence because she's like she's like charismatic and fun and like wow and she like puts him in his place a little bit um she's like waiting like she can keep up with him intellectually and I think that's like what uh, that's I get it like I totally get it like when I think about like my desire of like if like if I were to you think about your dream man and like I want that like intelligence that wittiness like we can keep up with ourselves and like be intellectual and like go back and like have a good banter as they say across the pond um if you watch uh what's that fucking show not love island yeah love island what's the one am i thinking of oh there's also too hot to handle um as much as i love reading a good classic novel i also love shitty reality dating tv with really hot people and you just make fun of them that's also a good time you gotta you have to be versatile you have to be dynamic you can't just be one thing all the time you know you can't just have okay anyway so um so Jane goes to the Bingleys to go, you know, schmooze and like make this thing happen with the hot young bachelor that everyone's like, ooh. Um, but she goes and gets sick, and so she's stuck at his like manor for a while. And Jane, um, and then Elizabeth, she like hikes through like these muddy fields to get there. And the snob, like Miss Bingley, so Charles Bingley's sister she's snobby she like is a fake friend I'm this is kind of a spoiler but she's like pretending to be a friend um to the Bennett's family like she acts like she does she like acts like a friend and like to Jane she's like I love Jane you're so nice but she's like kind of just like flat out a bitch to Elizabeth she's like kind of conniving like she gets schemy later on like there's some scheming involved in this novel um and I, scheming has been one of my big things lately I've been into scheminess um, but I also have been listening to a lot of vulgar history, um, which is fun, funky, and fresh. And I don't know how many times I'm going to say that phrase, but that's how I rate everything these days. Um, or sexy, fun, funky, fresh. Like, I feel like that's a good rating. Like, that's how I, that's how I, like, categorize things. I'm like, is it sexy, fun, funky, fresh? Like, how much in each category? Um, but anyway, also Miss Bingley, Charles' sister, she likes Mr. Darcy. And she's like, she just thinks that they're like meant to be together. Um, but Darcy is like into Lizzie. And so Miss Bingley is like, fuck Lizzie. Um, and Lizzie and Jane go home. They find Mr. Collins visiting her household. Mr. Collins is like, he's a clergyman. And he's like related distantly enough that he makes um, a marriage proposal. <laughs> to the Bennett girls like he's he, his goal so um one of the problems is that so the Bennett's property um can only be passed down to male heirs and there are no male heirs in this family like the Bennett's are five girls and so like 
you know, one Mr. Bennett dies, like, who's going to get the fucking house? Like, they're all going to be, you know, so they're trying to set up their future. future. That's why, like, Mrs. Bennett's kind of like, you guys got to get married. Um, Colin's fucking idiot. Like, fucking arrogant, pompous, but, like, stupid still. Like, I fucking... I don't like him. He drives me nuts. Um, but he's like, lo- he's like fascinated by the Bennett girls, and he makes it. He proposes to Lizzie, and she turns him down, which wounds his pride. And everyone is like, "What the fuck?" Like this was like, because his thing was like, Collins, Mister Collins is gonna. Re- he's set to inherit the house they're all living in, and so like, why would you do that? Like, you could have set the future up for me. I have like a full one of my long leg hairs, like attached to my ass right now it looks like i had a really long ass hair just now it's really funny you guys can't see me in the mirror but i look ridiculous my butt looks good ish i don't like these pants not relevant i'm just attracted by my own ass so what can i say um also so the bennett girls like the two youngest ones anyway or the younger two two of the younger ones but not all of them there's one girl who's just like really buckish and just kind of like stays in she's just like antisocial. um but the girls the younger ones they are like really into um the soldiers nearby like they're like there's militia officers but they're soldiers and like the military um and there's one of them well i guess all the bennett girls are like at some point like the Bingleys and darcy leave they leave netherfield um which upsets jane because he never proposed um but like he thought that she wasn't into him and she thought that he wasn't into her like they thought they didn't like each other but really they did and that's what's the problem with like how society works these days is that like it was so formal and people didn't really like they had to be like sly about things and whatnot but anyway so um but meanwhile all this is going on the bennett girls are into like they're like hanging around all the soldiers who are in a nearby town there's one dude wake up fuck that dude fuck him i know this is a spoiler but like fuck him big time so he lied this is a spoiler but he was lying but he tells darcy how he tells lizzie elizabeth how darcy had she like had been like cheated him out of all this money out of his inheritance and like they knew they were like brothers when they were younger and darcy fucked him over and so Wickham hates Darcy and Darcy's a piece of shit. Blah, 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 blah. And so, like, obviously, Jane is like, fuck you, Darcy. Not only have you, not only are you an arrogant ass, you know, because the whole town hates Darcy because he, like, refused to dance and, like, obliged all the social norms and whatnot. But then you're like, you fucked over Wickham. Like, fuck you. Not quite. I mean, that's, like, very dramatic, but you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, Anywho, anywho, like what I love about this novel genuinely is the drama. I do not need to eat trail mix right now. I'm recording a podcast. I I woke up from a nap and I was like, hmm, food. I had my nappy. Can I get food now? Nappy food. Nappy food. Nappy boy radio. T-Pain, anyone? I love T-Pain. I love T-Pain. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) Ha ha, ha 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 ha. I'm not even tired. I'm just having a good time. Anyway, um, so Col- like so news we get they get news that like Collins becomes engaged to a neighbor, um, who is Elizabeth's best friend and the poor daughter of a local knight. So like El- Lizzie's best friend, like her family doesn't have a ton of money. They um, and also like Charlotte's getting older. Like they just she's kind of like running out of time to have a good marriage. She needs this match for financial reasons. So Mrs. Mr. Collins, who had proposed to Lizzie, had proposed to her best friend. Right, right. You hear what I'm saying? Like drama, fun. Um, and they said yes. And so Charlotte and Collins get married. Um, Lizzie promises to visit them. Um, Jane. Um. Jane goes off to stay with some family, actually. So Jane, so Lizzie's older sister, goes off to stay with family. Um, and then to go see, like, and also hoping that she might see Mr. Bingley in the big city. Because that's where they're from. They're from the big city. London. Or do you know that back a long time ago called Londoninium? Like, before, like, 
We're talking like generally like a thousand years ago. It was like London Indium. Something like that. I don't know. I was listening to a podcast about it. Anyway. Anywho. Um, so Miss Bingley visits Jane, like at the family's place, like in London. And Miss Bingley, this is Charles Bingley's, you know, sister, was a bitch. <laughs> and Mr. Bingley fails to visit her at all. And so right now, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, no one's gonna get married. Like, this is rough. Genuinely, like so much happens in this book. It's really interesting. Um, so then the spring, Elizabeth goes to visit her bestie who married her, the guy who proposed to her, aka her cousin, also the guy who said to inherit their home. So, but also the guy who so Mr. Collins, like, he serves um Lady Catherine de Burr. And he and he is like he's a like a clergyman. So like like pious and shit and whatnot um so but okay so lady catherine de burke is mr collins's patron and so um but so lizzie goes to visit charlotte and then mr collins and um this lady lady de burke um is also darcy's aunt so that's fun lady catherine is darcy's aunt darcy calls on lady catherine and encounters elizabeth and so then elizabeth being there makes like darcy like return to him for a bunch of visits where she's staying and then he just like one day bring he he like proposes to her and she refuses and like that's like the big thing it's like oh my god and you know like that like that famous scene from the movie and the 2005 version not not the 1995 version i also only watched the 2005 version not the 1995 version um Pride and Prejudice. I want to watch. I I want to watch the the other version as well. Um, but I watched the one the like the the most famous one the the, the one everyone loves is the two thousand five one with Kira Knightley. I mean, it is pretty good. I mean, it, it is pretty good. Not gonna lie, I did. I when I finished, so I finished this book and I was like, I'm going to have a night where I just sit and I watch it and I got wine and I bought dark chocolate and I sat in my bed and I turned on my cozy lights and I wore my little pajamas and I watched I drank wine and I ate chocolate and I watched Pride and Prejudice and honestly it was a damn good night I've been like yearning for a girl's night except for most of my none of my girls <laughs> live near me like my gal pals my um female friends they don't live nearby so i like do all my girls nights by myself which is you know it's it is what it it is what it is it really is anyway i also love holding this microphone while i'm standing like i feel like you guys can't see this but like walking around i feel like i'm um performing on stage maybe i should go into performing just kidding i'm a scholar a scholastic performer huh who anyone that's what this podcast really is anyway anyway back to this book um so she like refuses it's like this whole thing like she says no and then scolds him like she, she like tells him off she, he's like i am in love with you and i want to get married and he's like you're a dick and unpleasant and i can't believe that you took your bestie away from my sister and then disinherited wickham remember wickham the asshole i talked about earlier and like so like jane it's like so upset because like still upset because she thought she, like she's in love with bingley and jane is like just supporting her sister like yeah fuck you darcy because you you were steering bingley away from my sister also you disinherited wickham and like lizzie kind of had a thing for wickham you know she's like kind of she definitely had like a thing for him they were like kind of courting whatever darcy like leaves obviously like fucking rejected like a bitch but he like writes like he has this like letter delivered to jane after the fact and in the letter he says like yes i urged bingley to distance from jane because i thought that their romance was not serious like i didn't realize and then darcy is like hey guess what wickham he's a liar and and he tried to elope with his young and tried to elope with darcy's younger sister georgiana who is like a sweetie pie and like darcy is like super protective and like cares a lot about his younger sister and wickham tried to you know elope with her and darcy was like mr darcy was not having it um so then elizabeth is like ah shit i was wrong and i'm actually in love with him kind of like she starts to realize that she was reevaluating her. she's like redoing her feelings but she goes home she acts coldly towards wickham um 
and then the militia's leaving town um and her younger sister so those crazy girls they get permission so lydia she's like the firecracker the wild one the dummy she's a fucking idiot <laughs> anyway um she gets permission from their father to like spend the summer with the old colonel um where, where they're stationed and stuff like that and then um whatever um she's like a whole so like the main plot is about like elizabeth but then there's like a sort of like attached plot with jane and her love story but then there's this like also subplot that's like another arc of lydia and her old whole bullshit but they all come together again like they get it's like a braid that's all weevilly wrapped up i also have to like finish this like summary in like seven minutes somehow um anyway so like lydia is off doing her bullshit girl her bullshit girl crazy fucking idiot stuff elizabeth goes on another journey with relatives like cousins of hers or aunts and they take her up on a trip up north and they go to this neighborhood pemberley which ends up being darcy's estate and she visits pemberley you can just like walk around i guess like places estates but she made sure that darcy was away and she was like loving the grounds and she heard from darcy's servants about how wonderful darcy is and then darcy arrives much to elizabeth's like shock and he behaves cordially toward her like making no mention of his proposal and he like entertains the gardeners and invites elizabeth to meet his sister and like the gardeners who are her family like her aunt and uncle or whatever they're like they got the wiggly eyebrow thing they're like they see they know but they're keeping their mouths shut and they're like yeah uh-huh yeah yeah like, they, they know anyway then um so they're like on this vacay elizabeth gets this letter that lydia has eloped with wickham and the couple is missing so suggesting that they might be um living together out of wedlock and the, like it's just like at the time like something like that is so harmful to a reputation um so they go home like elizabeth and the gardeners like book at home mr gardner and mr bennett go look for lydia um bennett returns mr bennett returns home empty-handed can't find his fucking daughter all home seems lost letter comes back from mr gardner saying that the couple has been found and the wickham has agreed to marry lydia in exchange for an annual income the this is coming come spark notes because this is just like the best way for me to explain it to you um and so basically like, they think like gardner so the gardeners had a more money than the bennett's they think that mr gardner has paid has paid off wickham i don't think the gardeners had kids of their own i don't quite remember um so they they are like they think that they are, are eternally in debt like grateful for the gardeners for like paying off wickham but then lizzie finds out that the source of the money was mr fucking darcy mr darcy right he like swoops in and like saves the day with his money because he's rich um wickham and lydia are married fuck that dude honestly fuck lydia and fuck wickham lydia's a dumb bitch she's like comes back acting like i'm look at me i'm married like i'm the first married one of the family like you guys da, da, da. like she's just i fucking hate her ah oh, fuck <laughs> i'm like going off on her like my sister does lightning mcqueen my sister hates lightning mcqueen anyway maybe i'll invite her on to do like a we'll do like a cars <laughs> like a car cinematic universe episode and i'll invite my sister on for a segment where she just shits on lightning mcqueen that'd be so fucking funny okay um anywho um as you know everyone retreats bennett mr bennett treats widia and widia that's what i'm gonna call them wickham and lydia coldly um then they leave because Wickham gets assigned somewhere else. Bingley returns to Netherfield and resumes his courtship of courtship of Jane. Darcy goes to stay with him. Um, and like Darcy comes and visits the Bennets, but doesn't like talk about his desire to marry Lizzie. Bingley like proposes to Jane, and everyone is like happy except for Bingley's sister. Um everyone is happy. Then Lady Catherine de Berg, the patroness of mr collins and the aunt of darcy she comes and fucking threatens elizabeth like she gets in her face and is like takes her and is like i heard that my nephew wants to marry you and i think you're an unsuitable match for him so you have to promise to refuse him and elizabeth is like fuck you bitch no i'm not gonna refuse i'm not engaged to him but i'm not gonna promise anything against my own happiness like fuck you i'm not engaged to him and i'm not and like if he asks i'm not gonna promise you that i'm gonna refuse like what kind of promise is that um 
and basically like in the end a little like elizabeth and darcy go out walking together he is like hey my feelings have not changed at all since this spring like i still want to marry you and she accepts it and then now jane and elizabeth are both married to so jane and elizabeth's sisters and those sisters like have a close relationship like they're very close like they would go into like throughout this whole book they would hang out and they would talk about things together like they have a really close relationship whereas like some of their other sisters like they're not as close with their other sisters and stuff like that and like i get it they're the two eldest and so these two sisters who are besties are married to besties and now also they helped their social standing they got money and they're happy and they're in love and like man i normally don't love love stories but like i really did like pride and prejudice i watched the movie and the movie's not nearly as good like the book great i people love the movie and i did not like it i thought the movie was slow i didn't like the i didn't like the way that mr darcy was played like when i was reading the book that was not the sense that i got of mr darcy like i knew that he came off cold and arrogant and pompous but like there's like a charm so if you've read a court of thorns and roses you know the book series not the book you have to have read like the second book and the third book but like there's like a certain charm in a man who's kind of an ass who's kind of like a cold off-putting ass so like there's a charm to that and like when i was reading this book when i was reading pride and prejudice i could see that i could definitely feel that like the charm and the wittiness but still being like cold and kind of like um closed off and honestly it's just because darcy's like antisocial. like he just like i'm not gonna fake my way and like participate in all these bullshit customs you know um there's there's an attraction on like someone who's kind of like elusive um but there's like a charm in it like a care a charisma the movie version i did not see that at all like i did not pick that up at all the um like you know and i also i don't know i just also like the book even though like it took a long time to get there like it didn't seem boring like there was always something going on but the movie i got kind of bored sometimes like not gonna lie um there was obviously some plot points missing some characters were a little bit different i mean it was still good like if you're looking for like a girl's i'm gonna watch again i'm definitely gonna watch the 1995 version as well um there's a 1990 oh the miniseries oh it's a miniseries it's not a movie i thought it was a movie it's got colin firth people love him i don't know he's okay firth is darcy there's six episodes man i have to dedicate more time to this crispin bonham carter um hmm fun his name is crispin what a name oh okay so yeah that was my recap of pride and prejudice i kind of just recapped it with my opinions um and read more classic novels definitely read jane austen i really liked her writing style i think that she's an excellent author um shout out to her i don't i really do i like this was like a good jumping point for me to get into more classic stuff i have the bell jar by sylvia plath that i want to read soon i want to read um sense and sensibility for sure um i have like i have like so i have my books kind of like separated trying to like go to my bookshelf while also still being like on all my cords i'm trying to read the iliad and the odyssey i have some like classic prose i got from a used bookstore that i'm excited about um yeah i have a lot of like i just have a lot of books I really want to read how to be a, I, like, I want to, like, I need to finish how to be an anti-racist. I have a book. Um, I haven't finished it. I definitely started it. I have a book called A Mind for Numbers. So, yeah, that was my Pride and Prejudice recap. I, I didn't plan to go over the entire plot with you guys to, like, summarize it. I don't know why I just, like, gave you a summary of what happened in Pride and Prejudice, but, like, it's what it is what it is it is so like it is good like it is really good it is like it is like challenging for some i'm trying to like get out of my reading comfort zone a little bit more um and i promise i get really bored really easily but the style like it was good and i think the challenge it was like the right amount of challenge um it's good to stretch your brain. I also really, I like the formality of the writing. Like I miss formal writing 
I'm a lot more old school than I think I am. Like I have a lot of progressive ideals, ideas, like beliefs, but at the same time, like I have a real deep appreciation and like a yearning for some of those classical, like the formality of like the, that writing style loved it. The vocab, like our vernacular is so different nowadays and I miss it. And I know people are like, oh. like people talked so like, there's like a, like, obviously like there's different ways of speak in different classes, like socioeconomic classes that I don't love. And I would rather like, rather than simplify language I would rather elevate those like if that makes sense like I don't want to say dumb down because that's not how it is but like because that's not that's not at all the phrase I'm looking for but you know what I'm saying like rather than for us as a language to like hey let's not use as many big words so that way it's more accessible so that way people understand why don't we teach them more words like I was like um most news articles I believe our articles in general are written at a, like an 11th grade reading level and like the average like average American reading level is like fourth grade and I'm like oh my gosh no wonder there's a problem here like so many people you know they're trying to do the research or trying to learn like we're in an intellectual crisis right now in the U.S. we are struggling intellectually like intellectual wise and rather than like and not everyone's going to want to bring themselves up. And I, we need to make education more accessible. We need to make information more accessible. We need more people to have access to knowledge and to understand and comprehend what they're reading and what's going on in society. Like, it should be simple and easy to understand. But also, like, we should bring people up. We should bring people, like, teach them new words. Help them up their reading levels. Because, like, literacy rates are low. The, lower than they should be for as developed of a nation we are. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, it genuinely is. So crazy sometimes and it's just reading so it's it's just so important like it really really is oh my goodness so yeah like I don't know as far as wrapping things up it, it was good um fuck Wickham I'm not being like go Darcy but you know like hey he's pretty all right I mean he did a lot for did a lot for the family um you know Jane was very docile this whole time Jane she's not a super like so the thing about Bingley and Jane, which is why I think that they're good. I mean, from the, granted, this is, like, a story about Lizzie Bennet. But, like, those two aren't, like, they have their own, like, plot line going on. But they're not the main, most important part of the books. But they're both, like, very docile. Um, don't want, I don't want to say easily persuaded. But they just kind of, like, go where they're guided for the most part. Meanwhile, like... Lizzie is take life by the balls and that's what I love in a like in a in a in my female book characters that's what I love in a heroine that's what I love in my my lead even not just a lead but you know I'm like a side character like I really love like a girl who's like I'm not I'm gonna be smart when I'm not supposed to be smart I am going to be a badass I'm gonna wit like intellectually you know defy things I'm gonna do whatever you know I'm just I'm not gonna take shit from anybody and I, I love that in person I'm gonna call you out on your bullshit like I love Selena Sardothian in Throat of Glass for that very reason I love even the side character Nesta Archeron in Court of Thorns and Roses and yes these are all Sarah J Moss book series because I love Sarah J Moss but like I love those types of female characters and I think that like the past 10 years or so we've seen a huge insurgence of like those types of feminine characters and I, th I think it's because like we're progressing and we're moving on but I don't know I don't know I'm I I enjoyed it I think it's good I think it it was it was great go watch the movie or the mini series um go read books you want to find a place to buy books check out my link tree it's in the show notes of this so please check that out along with my resources aka wikipedia and spark notes you know normally i do way more research but today we're just like an overview if you didn't know that about jane austen now you know now you'll learn something um i did spoil all of pride and prejudice for you but also it's worth it's worth a read it's worth a watch even if i did just spoil it oopsies um Check out my link tree. You can find my social media, but you can't actually find me there because I don't use it. But it has my contact info, aka my email address, for you to send me book recommendations, um, 
Also, we have I'm getting like a lot of, I'm making a lot of extra noises right now. That's not my voice. Like I'm whatever. Um, but you have all sorts of links to ways that you can take action for our environment. And I have an article I linked there called A World at War, written in 2016 by Bill McKibben. And it was a really interesting read. And I put it in there just in case you guys wanted to read it. Looking to the future, you know, we'll have we'll have some more epi episodes, more epis. Um, I don't know. Please just listen, share, rate, review, subscribe. We don't have any new reviews. Isn't that sad? We don't have any new reviews. Also, guess what? You guys can give us like a five-star rating on Spotify now if you're a Spotify listener. Um, so that's fun. Please do. I love that for everyone. I want to do Spotify web player so I can... Look up what I have to log in. You're going to just search. We're going to search what we find on chaotic. You just search chaotic. Act A. Search Cake Academia. There's like a few playlists. But then I have. The only podcast, but there's like a few kind of academia playlists, but mostly it's me and my podcast. It has, you can't see any of the ratings on it, so you better fucking rate it. Got it? And that's a threat. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Um, peace out, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, Person Scouts, all the scouts who are scouting. I have to go to work. Um, I don't want to. I already went to work today. I already went to work once, but we're going back. All right. Peace out. See y'all next time. Bye.